If you like this episode preview, please rate it, review it, share it with your friends. That's all we ask for. We just want to make sure as many people in the design community and the business community get to experience these stories. So that's all we ask for. It'll feel good. Um, And what a great way to contribute back to the design community. Okay, now, if you want access to the full episode before anyone else in the world, go to highresolution.design, spelled correctly, highresolution.design, sign up for early access. We'll send you the episode every week before we put it publicly. We'll send you weekly insights, stuff that we're not making public yet that you can bring with you to work, stuff that'll help you grow. So highresolution.design, sign up. It'll be worth it. Here's the preview. What are some of those tactics? And can you frame it in a way that anyone who's listening right now can actuate next week? Sure. Uh, Probably the most important is going to seem very silly. Um, And uh, sometimes people don't get it at first. It's this concept called hills. So one of the things that we do for our our teams practicing IBM design thinking, of which we have about three or 400 today, uh, they are working on uh, hills. Uh, ideally three and three only at any given point in time. And a hill is simply this. A hill is what you're going to do for a user or a set of users and how it's going to be differentiated. So for example, uh, we had one of our teams come to us and they said, what are you working on? They said, we're working on disaster recovery for a particular kind of system. That means if the system is sitting in St. Louis and it gets bowled over by a tornado, we've got to go fire one up real quick in uh, Jersey City. Um, and I said, wow, that's, a, that's important, uh, but surely that can be done. And they said, well, sure, it can be done. It's just very hard to do. Well, I said, why don't we, you've got 200 engineers working on this problem for this particular system. Uh, why don't we just fire all you guys, and why don't we just write a two or three hundred page manual? And they looked at me like I was crazy. I said, because that's disaster recovery. Like, you, you've said you're working on disaster recovery. We can get people recovered from a disaster by doing that. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, we would never, you know, inflict that pain on our customer, right? I, I said, so what are you trying to do? They were like, disaster recovery. And I said, no, what specifically? And they finally kind of got it, and they were in, a, they were in their, their, their boot camp for their, they were kicking off this project, and they would work on it during the day, they would go back to their hotel at night, because they were in from all around the world, they'd come back the next day, and over the course of about three days, they really got their heads behind uh, this, this notion of, we have to be very explicit about what it is we're trying to do with this release, this next release. And they came back on Friday and they said, we'd like to play you back our hill. And our hill is a data center operator can recover from a complete disaster with zero data loss within six hours. Hmm. So the hill is a story? The intent. The intent. A, a story comes up. A, a hill will support many stories of how that person would good would do that. Yeah, it's the problem. It's the problem, and and a differentiated solution, but written in a way that is not that that, that is implementation agnostic. Yeah. And so, a data center operator. I now know who my user is. I can create the persona. I can go interview these people. I can scale that. Mm-hmm. And by the way, if I'm in Bratislava or Rome or Shanghai, or Austin, or Raleigh, 
North Carolina, I can go find data center operators now. I know exactly who we're targeting. Zero data loss. I get it. Six hours. It's not two hours. It's not one hour. It's not real time. It's not 24 hours or 36 hours. At the end of this week, in this particular case, uh, one of the senior engineers came in and said, had we had this in place when we started the work on this a few months ago, you know, we would have saved, you know, 100 man years of engineering. Wow. Mm -hmm. It was an estimate, but the point being that a hill is a way to align a team. It's a way so that they understand exactly what they're, you know, what, what is my contribution to what we're even doing? You know, it, it's, uh, I've been in development in, in B2B software development for 35 plus years. It's incredible how often the person actually doing the coding gets completely divorced. They, don't, they have no idea what their contribution really is to the market outcome that they're trying to get. They don't even necessarily have a connection to the problem. Mm -hmm. They may have a connection to some particular story, but they don't know where the story fits in that bigger mm. problem. So it really aligns a team in a, in a very big, meaningful way around a differentiated outcome in the marketplace that, that, that you're trying to get to. And oh, by the way, when you now start scaling this out, this mechanism of talking about hills we're going to take, mm -hmm. now it gives you a very quick way to scale this out to a broader ecosystem of stakeholders. Imagine, uh, imagine a set of executives at a startup or at any company who are going out to talk generically about the next release and the mm -hmm. roadmap. Well, I can tell you how the you all know how they go. They go talk about whatever they want to talk about. Mm -hmm. And then they go to some customer that's going to be an important customer, the next big deal, and then they come back with some random feature request that they've committed to because we got to get this deal, uh -huh. right? Well, what if instead they actually knew the hills you were working on and could go direct the conversation? And instead of just saying, hey, what do you want next time? Say, hey, guess what we're working on? We're actually working on this, you know, we're working on blah, 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 blah. And uh, you just take so much noise out of the system. So now you're aligning not just the development team around a particular problem, you're aligning marketing, you're aligning executive stakeholders, you're, you're aligning your clients. Yeah. You're having a conversation in this space, not in a 360-degree space. Yeah. Um, th that's, that's one uh, very, very powerful aspect of how we, 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 we practice IBM design thinking. From that, everything uh, devolves. Now, uh, our product managers and our designers, our design researchers, typically work together to, to, to to create the draft hills. Um, uh, those hills are presented as all work around here is presented in a set of playbacks. Uh, that's the, the second key to IBM design thinking is this notion that uh, in any organization, what I've found is uh, when you hire, you know, when you start a company and you hire the, the first person that you hire, your partner, um, there is no conflict because every meeting that is held uh, Everybody in the company is in that meeting. Mm. When you hire the next person, when you get three people in a company, all of a sudden you have problems of scale and right. silo. <laughs> mm -hmm. So uh, playbacks are a way uh, to eliminate hierarchy and silos. Right. Um, we need a safe place to present work. So playbacks are where we play back our work. And then finally, the sponsor users are a way that we, we measure mm -hmm. uh, if you've recruited people against the hills. For decades, design has impacted how we live. Now it's beginning to shape 
how we work. Here at IBM, design thinking has given us a new framework for teaming, for co-creating with our clients and users. It's helping us make decisions faster, and it's keeping humans at the center of everything we do.